0: Come together.
1: Thanks for listening to the KC Morning Show.
2: Everything's running smoothly.
1: Yo, yo, yo! Yo! What is going on? My name's Hartzell, and this right here, it's your KC Morning Shh! word kansas city a happy tuesday to the kc morning hoes all right my friends so tuesdays you know that on this show we take back america myself professor harvey k professor emeritus over at the university of wisconsin green bay we reclaim that radical history take it back now y'all and if there is any time for a uh, bit of a progressive radical pump me up i think today is that day absolutely that day by now i'm sure that you have heard the news you have seen the news the leaked supreme court opinion from justice samuel alito roe v wade reproductive rights in this country appears to be going going gone just a god travesty you know i i don't know when a fetus becomes a baby and chances are you probably don't either Uh, but i do know that our folks some of which might be our sisters or our mothers or our trans folks their rights are about to get taken away this is an issue that is going to end up affecting all of us and if you take a look at this and we're not going to get in the weeds today we can do that tomorrow we're going to have some more friends on the show to break down this moment in history that we are in but if you take a look at this 98 page opinion the devil's in the details yeah but like alito is giving an outline lgbtq rights interracial marriage access to contraception all that was cited in this opinion and it was very intentional let's not kid ourselves here. So today I wanted to honestly just remember this moment in history. So here's what we're going to do today. Over at the Jackson County Courthouse this afternoon there was a rally for reproductive rights. Me and Kitty, we went down there wanted to be a part of this. So many folks are just hurting and angry. And on the show today you're going to hear from Justice Gatson. She's with Real News Network. She spoke at the rally this afternoon. And after that we're going to take it back to I believe Professor K did this in 2015, yep 2015, this is a commencement speech from Professor Harvey K at the University of Wisconsin Green Bay taking back America with you next week, but today I think we need this one, rate, review subscribe, do that thing you do, Kansas City, we need you we need each other, the fight continues in solidarity, even on our worst days, it's still a good day to be a Kansas Cityan, because of you Kansas City, my name's Hartzell we will see you In the morning.
2: Bye. Going straight to one place, right to Kansas City. The KC Morning Show. Outside of the Jackson County Courthouse, the action of the day. Stand up, fight back. Stand up, fight back. We need to fight back. We have got to fight this more than 200 people acknowledging a leak that changed history. I'm also deeply
0: saddened. We will never- A little bit of fear, a little bit of scared, you know, a little bit of what's
1: going to happen in the future. Um, I think it's so important to look for the places where we can join across the table to make change and move forward um, and to find the places where it overlaps because I think there is a lot of overlap and there's a lot of solutions we haven't thought of yet, especially when we turn our eyes to the male accountability. There's
2: so many stories out there that are like mine. Many women choosing to be vulnerable on the bullhorn about their own abortions. It's going to take a lot of people telling their stories. With this overturn, if this happened in 2017, when my abortion happened, there's a real chance that I wouldn't be here today. While I'm not happy and you know having to do it, I've, it's completely necessary. The most disturbing part for me um, was not being able to access the funds, and I eventually um, was able to get um, it funded, but they were sending people to different states in order to get abortions. With fists in the air. To stay together. The crowd of men, women, and children wanting to make their own action.
1: Can you just say your name for me, please? Sure. Uh, my name is Justice Gadsden. Justice Gadsden, and who are you here with? Real Justice Network. Can you put into words, I guess, not just how you're feeling, what you want to do in this moment that we want to make a movement? Here you are on a Tuesday afternoon at the courthouse on a day that we'll maybe never forget. You know, this is
2: surreal, but for me, you know, I'm knee deep in this work, and so this is something that we expected. Honestly, the attack on abortion um, has been happening for years, in particular in Missouri. As you know, we passed the Cascading Bans bill a couple of years ago. I mean, we took to the streets when that happened. We continue to fight. Um, so today, I'm sad, honestly, to you know find out that the Supreme Court is considering rolling this back. This is a huge protection, and there will be so many people who will be harmed without it. I think it's p- important today to really lean into solidarity, to really get groups in alignment here, um, to let folks know who is actually doing the work so that they can continue to support those folks. That is a real goal today that's something that organizers like myself struggle with you know anytime there's something big you got people who want to just pop up and do stuff um, and that kind of erases the work that we do on a daily basis that's not out here for show and tell what's coalition building look like then coalition building looks like reaching out to those folks who are doing the work and finding out how you can join and how you can be a part of that movement and doing that work. And it may not mean that you go and you take the mic and you start leading stuff, but you might have to sweep the floor a bit. You might have to wash the windows, pay some dues because this work has been built between trusted organizations, marginalized groups of people. We're talking about black folks, indigenous folks, trans, queer, non-binary. That's what, that's who has been leading and fueling this movement. And so we want to make sure that everybody knows that And that everybody supports those organizers.
1: Where can we go? Real
2: Justice Network. More information. R-E-A-L-E Justice Network. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Folks know us out here, though. Our partners, Planned Parenthood. We do work with NARAL. We do work with anybody who's working on reproductive rights. Thank you. Very welcome.
0: Greetings to our distinguished guests. Thank you to Chancellor Miller for inviting me to deliver this commencement address. I am thrilled and honored to accept the commission. In fact, I I just want to say that you may wonder why I do not have a cap. I bought a cap many years ago when I had a full head of hair. And one would have thought it would continue to fit. My head is swelling so much. For this opportunity, I couldn't get it on this morning. But most importantly, congratulations. To all of you receiving degrees today, whether you took four years or 40 years, we and your families are extremely proud of you. And not only that, we have great expectations both of you and for you. In fact, as you'll soon gather, I have particularly grand expectations of you. Now, traditionally, commencement speakers call on graduates to embrace the future. But I'm going to call on you to do something else. I'm going to urge you to embrace the past. I want you to remember who you are. I want you to remember who we are. With all due respect to the international students among us, we are Americans. And I want you to appreciate what that demands of you, of all of us, in the face of the daunting crises that confront us. Bluntly put, it is time for you to make history as our greatest generations have made history. Echoing what President Franklin Roosevelt told my parents' generation in 1936, I firmly believe that this generation, your generation, has a rendezvous with destiny. True, we do not suffer a Great Depression. True, we do not confront foreign enemies as powerful as Nazi Germany and Imperial Japan. And yet, we face crises no less challenging. Think about it. For the past 40 years, we have subordinated the public good to corporate priorities and private greed. And we have seen our industries decline, our infrastructures collapse, and our environment go haywire. For the past 40 years, we have subjected ourselves to ever-widening inequalities and intensifying insecurities. And we have watched the middle class erode, politics and public life decay, and democracy surrender to plutocracy. For the past 40 years, we have denied our own democratic impulses and yearnings, and we have witnessed direct, devastating, and too often deadly assaults on the rights of workers, women, and people of color. But perhaps worst of all, we seem to have forgotten who we are. And it has made us fearful, as if we were deer caught in headlights, the headlights of history. Well, enough of that. It is time we started remembering. But we need to do more than remember. We also need to act. We need to act both courageously and determinedly. It is time for you to act as generations of Americans did in the 1770s, the 1860s, and the 1930s and 1940s, not to mention the 1960s. What did those generations do? They rejected fear. They gave real historical meaning, indeed historic and transcendent meaning, to our finest ideals and aspirations. To Thomas Paine's argument in his revolutionary pamphlet, Common Sense, that we have it in our power to begin the world over again. To Thomas Jefferson's phrases in the declaration that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. To the founder's words in the preamble to the US Constitution, we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, To Abraham Lincoln's lines at Gettysburg in 1863 proclaiming a new birth of freedom and insisting upon a government of the people, by the people, for the people. To Franklin Roosevelt's call in 1941 to create a nation and a world marked by four fundamental freedoms. Freedom of speech and expression, freedom of worship, freedom from want, freedom from fear. And to Martin Luther King Jr.'s pronouncement on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in 1963, I have a dream. Yes, they were terribly flawed generations. Nonetheless, for all of their faults and failings, for all of the tragedy and irony that marked their lives, for all of the exploitation and oppression that they failed to bring to an end, each of those generations in all of their marvelous American diversity, founded in themselves to rise up, to deal head-on with the daunting challenges they faced, and to make the United States stronger and richer than ever before. But that's just the half of it. The most amazing thing about those generations, the thing that made each of them great, the thing that has made America truly exceptional, the thing which we sadly have forgotten, or which we have been led to forget, is that they actually succeeded in doing all of that not by giving up or suspending their finest ideals and aspirations, but by harnessing the powers of democratic government and making America freer, more equal, and more democratic than ever before. In the 1770s, Americans, both native-born and immigrant, not only fought a war for independence, they also rejected kings and aristocrats and created an historically unprecedented democratic republic. In the 1860s, farmers, workers, and the slaves themselves not only defended the trade, not only defeated the traitorous southern confederacy and sustained the union, they also redeemed the declaration's promise by bringing an end to black bondage. In the 1930s, in the shadows of the worst economic and social catastrophe in U.S. history, working men and women mobilized. They not only mobilized to reform government, provide relief, pursue economic recovery, transform the American landscape, and rebuild the nation's public infrastructure, but also to fight. They mobilized in labor unions, housewives campaigns, and civil rights organizations. They mobilized to fight for their rights against the economic royalists, reactionary politicians, and white supremacists who sought to deny them their rights. And then in the 1940s, they not only went all out to beat fascism by turning the United States into the arsenal of democracy, by creating a military force of 16 million men and women, one of every eight Americans, and by shipping overseas to fight for the four freedoms, they also continued to fight for those freedoms here at home in the United States. Moreover, they would not only go on to sustain a Cold War against the Soviet Union, make the United States the most most powerful and prosperous nation in human history, and create the American middle class. But also, when challenged by their own children to live up to the promise for which they had fought, they set themselves to trying to do so. In the course of the 1960s, they enacted the Civil Rights and Voting Rights Acts. They reformed the nation's immigration laws to once again make America an asylum for mankind. They expanded Social Security to include Medicare for the elderly and Medicaid for the poor. They empowered public employees to organize and bargain collectively. They passed laws to make the environment, the marketplace, and the workplace safer for all of us. And they vastly expanded educational and cultural opportunities for all Americans, which included creating this university, the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay 50 years ago. Take a a moment. Consider how we have tragically failed to sustain their hard-fought-for legacy of both prosperity and political, social and industrial democracy. Whether you are a liberal or a conservative, you surely can see that the time has come, that the time has come to act as the greatest Americans of the past have acted in the face of mortal crises, that the time has come to harness the powers of government and dramatically, indeed radically, enhance American democratic life. As our greatest democratic poet, Walt Whitman, said, there must be continual additions to our great experiment of how much liberty society will bear. Or even more to the point, as the progressive journalist Henry Demarest Lloyd wrote in 1900, the price of liberty is something more than eternal vigilance. There must also be eternal advance. We can save the rights we have inherited from our fathers only by winning new ones to bequeath our children. And I'm going to repeat that. The price of liberty is something more than eternal vigilance. There must also be eternal advance. We can save the rights we have inherited from our fathers only by winning new ones to bequeath our children. So not just for your sake, graduates, but for the sake of all of us, I urge you to embrace the past. The past you may not readily recall, But it's a past which I know you carry in your deepest memory and imagination. Embrace America's past. Remember who you are. Make America freer, more equal, more democratic. Thank you.
1: Remember Katie White?
0: She jumped
1: the fence that night. She ran away in tears. Your sister drank her beer. We were
2: just 18 The older girls could be so mean I was talking just to talk And you were still in shock
1: Do you think God still sees me Coming out of this twilight sleep I'm not sure who I am Staring into my empty hands And all I could think to say